Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Good morning and welcome back to Connections. I'm Mike Tom with Colleen Hood. This morning's guest has been a foster parent for 15 years and he and his wife have had more than 60 children come through their home. He's an international consultant to legal firms and foster care agencies and he's also a transformational speaker and trainer. He's also the author of several books. His new book, The Church and Foster Care, shows us how to simply engage in life-giving ministry to this underserved community from real-life situations, foster care parent, educator and Advocate Dr. John DeGarmo lays out why God is calling the church to become involved, sharing from the decades of support he received from his local church. This book is filled with practical and manageable suggestions on how to meet practical needs while planting seeds of faith. Dr. DeGarmo, welcome here. Why don't you start? just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Dr. DeGarmo? I've been a foster parent for oh, about 17 years now. I've had over 60 children come through my home during that time. I've had the blessing of adopting three of those kids, and I've also suffered uh, what's known as four failed adoptions, which means the adoptions did not go through for some reason. Uh, I've really dedicated my entire life to helping children in foster care, as well as their foster parents and the birth parents, and even general society understanding the true realities of what foster parenting is really like. There's so many myths, so many misconceptions about foster care, and I want to try to help dispel those myths. We need to rewind one second. How many kids have been in your home? Over 60. In fact, we've had as many as 11 in our house at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's been a busy time. (laughs) And why did you decide to become a foster parent? Well, you know, our first child died of a condition called anencephaly, or some pronounce it anencephaly. And after that, uh, we really decided to help other children who are suffering. I was a children who were who are in need. And uh, it's really something that's really evolved the past 17 years. You know, I really never thought about becoming a foster parent um, years ago. I had mis- I had those misconceptions, um, and I thought it was kind of a strange thing. So I never really wanted to do it, yet here I am, and uh, my life has been so much richer as a result. You mentioned uh, that society has myths, and you want to help clear those up. What are some of the myths about foster care that you feel people hold on to? Sure. Some people believe that the kids are bad kids. The truth is these children are victims of abuse, victims of neglect, victims of abandonment. These are children who want someone to to provide them support, stability, but most of all to provide them the unconditional love that every child deserves. There's the myth that foster parents are in it for the money, and I can tell you that uh, so far from the truth. Uh, the reality is we do get a small stipend every day, but, uh, well, my goodness, there's, it hardly covers everything. And there's a myth that uh, foster parents are dangerous people. You know, the foster parents I've met across the globe are people who have decided to, to serve Christ in this fashion, to serve God in this fashion, because these are children in need. And you are an author of books. You're an expert on foster care. You've most recently released a book called uh, Foster Care in the Church. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. The Church in Foster Care is really a um, a call, if you will, to people of faith, the faith-based organizations. You know, the truth is this. Not everybody can be a foster parent. It is a challenging lifestyle. But everybody can help in some way, and there's so many opportunities that people of faith, that faith-based organizations, that the Church can help children in foster care uh, without actually having the kids in the home. So this book is really a call for action, if you will. I started to read the book, and within the first couple of paragraphs, wow, it was emotional, and it really made me question becoming a foster parent. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, 
you know, it, it, it's something that's happening in every single community in in uh, across the world. Uh, there's thousands and thousands of kids in foster care, and not enough homes. So this is truly an opportunity for people to help a child in some way. In Canada, there's been organizations popping up that connect families, churches, and host families together. Parents are able to retain custody and still be involved in the process. And then it not only helps the kids too, but they come alongside the parents and help them out at the same time. Do you have organizations like that in the United States? I haven't seen that model, but I'm familiar with it in Canada. You know, that's such an important model because not only are we helping the kids, but their birth parents need help, too. These birth parents, sure, they may have committed heinous crimes against these kids. They may have abandoned their kids, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, they are still children of God. They're still, uh, God loves them just as much as they love you and I. In fact, two of the three kids that I've adopted from foster care are third-generation foster care, which means their parents and their grandparents were also in foster care, and the cycle just repeated itself over and over again. Uh, so these, these, many of these parents are victims as well. They're hurting in their own way. They have their own pain. So when organizations like that in Canada uh, help out, they're really helping the whole family, helping the whole community, if you will. What was your experience like in churches when you first started fostering children? Did you find the church as helpful as it could be, or did you find a lot of hesitancy from people maybe? There was hesitancy, uh, sure, because, again, there are those misconceptions. You know, as I've traveled uh, the U.S. and Canada, I have found that there is that hesitancy. Uh, sometimes the people look upon the kids as, you know, what did this kid do wrong to be placed in foster care? And that's, that's the opposite of what the church should be. The church should be open and welcoming with loving arms. Uh, and I think that's starting to, that message is starting to spread. So what are some ways that people of faith can help children in foster care? Oh, there's so many ways. To begin with, when the kids are placed in foster care, generally, they just come with the clothes on their back. And for some of the kids in our home, that means even clothes stapled together. So some churches have what's called a clothes closet where the kids can go and choose and pick up brand new clothes. Um, Some churches have suitcase drives where when the kid leaves the home, they they leave with a brand new suitcase. Because sadly, when the kids arrive in a foster care placement, uh, it's just usually their belongings in a black plastic bag, which is very, very uh, traumatic for a child. Some churches have, uh, they help out with foods and meals for the foster parents. Some uh, adopt a child for Christmas time, if you will, and shower the kids with gifts and presents. Some churches even have uh, mentors or tutor programs. So just those are just a few ways. I like the point you made, Dr. John. You know, you recognize maybe not all of us are equipped to be foster parents, but you pointed out that all of us, especially in the church, we can do something to help at least. Yes, yes. Those those ways I just mentioned there, they're just a few of the ones we cover in the book, The Church and Foster Care. I really like that idea of providing them with a backpack or with another sort of luggage instead of them showing up with that black garbage bag. Yes, yes. In fact, I've seen those backpacks stuffed with stuffed animals or pillows or blankets. Some some uh, backpacks have hygiene items for the kids. Yeah, those are great, great ways to help. With over 60 kids going through your home, what's been some of the most difficult times as a foster parent for you? Oh, boy. You know, um, we had a four-year-old girl come to our house, and she had been raped repeatedly by her grandfather. Uh, she could not speak a single word. Uh, when she came to us, she just grunted and pointed to her mouth. 
Um, there was a five-year-old boy who had all of his teeth rotted out. He could just speak two words, me hungry. The 17-year-old girl who had been raped repeatedly by um, various uh, members of her family. Um, the 15-year-old boy, uh, homeless, um, because his mother no longer wanted to take care of him. She wanted her one-month-old boyfriend, a boyfriend one month, just a few. But most, but probably this, probably this. Uh, everybody says to me, Dr. John, I can't do what you do because it would hurt too much to kid the kids back. Yeah. And my, resp- my response is this. You know, that's true. It really does hurt, but that's how it's supposed to be. These kids need me as a foster parent to love them with everything that I have so that when they do leave, yeah, my heart rips out, and yeah, I do grieve uh, because it's like losing my own child. But it, but the truth is this. I might be the first person who's ever loved that child in some way, so I'm giving that child a gift, a gift that they'll be able to keep for the rest of their life. What I love about you and your family is that you don't call these kids your foster kids. They're your children. Absolutely. We don't have labels in our house. There's no adoptive child or biological child or foster child. They're all members of my family. And, and what's great is, you know, birthday times or Christmas times, these kids come back to my home many times. Two Christmases ago, we had 22 children in our house, many of them coming back. That was a wonderful, wonderful. Wow. I was just thinking about the kids that you welcome into your home. And, and like you said, a lot of people, I've heard them say that too. It'll hurt too much. But yeah, just what a great point that is. If those kids have never experienced love before, we get to do that for them. That's, I think that sounds a lot like what the kingdom of God is supposed to be all about. Yes, absolutely. To love unconditionally. Absolutely. And many of these kids have never had someone do that. They've never had someone love them so much that, yeah, the heart rips out. You know, a foster parent's heart's like a quilt with all these passes placed over it. Hmm. So what are some of the most memorable loving experiences that uh, you have from your journey so far? Oh, how about the child who couldn't speak a single word came to our house, and the day he left, five months later, he spoke four words for the first time. And those words were to my wife, Mommy, I love you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Uh, that, was, that was a heartbreaker. Uh, the, uh, the time when the, uh, the 13-year-old came to our house, and uh, he was rough as, rough as nails, just a real tough kid. Um, when he went back to his birth parents, he asked if we could adopt him. Um, because he didn't want to, he, he was so comfortable in the house and loved us so much. Um, the 17 year old who is now 28, we're her grandparents to her two children. Um, that's a wonderful gift. Just a few. So, why should we get involved in fostering? Well, Matthew 25 35 says this For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you gave me clothing. That's these kids. That's these children, and they're in every single community. On top of that, every child that's come to my own home has made me a better person in some way. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And how about your rest, the rest of your family? How do they feel about uh, what you and your family have been doing? Uh, you know, my own kids. Uh, so my, my oldest daughter is 21. We've been doing this for 17 years. So you can see that for my children, it's part of their norm. It's their normal lifestyle. I hope that my children live a life of serving others. I see that they are much more compassionate towards others um, than many of their own peers. They have a better understanding of of what others go through, and they're quick to uh, step up and help out. Um, My wife is just as driven as I am. You know, some of my family members outside of my immediate family question what we do, but that's just normal, I think.
I was going to ask if you regret your decision, but I think we all know the answer to that pretty clearly. <laughs> now, I'll be, now, I'll be true. I'll be, I'll be true here. There are some days where I think, I'm just so tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm so worn out. You know, seven in diapers one Christmas. That was a, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> we call that the very smelly Christmas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what? Just, uh, the love just keeps us going. Dr. DeGarmo, what do you hope people will take away from your book, The Church and Foster Care? Well, thanks for asking. At the end of each chapter, there are 10 or so questions designed for church groups, uh, Sunday schools, uh, small groups, whatever it may be, to sit around and to discuss and to figure out how their church, how their faith-based organization can open up their own foster care ministry, their own outreach ministry. And I hope the book is a very, very clear call for people to faith and say, you know what, there's a new mission field right where we live. Have you had a lot of feedback from churches or faith groups yet on the book? I have been so surprised, so very, very uh, overwhelmed by the response we're getting. Uh, So many people are saying that um, the book has really touched them and they're buying multiple copies for their own own church. Yeah, it's been great, great. So if people want that book, where can they get it? Oh, thanks for asking. They can go to the Foster Care Institute, which is my website, the Foster Care Institute, and, and purchase signed copies there. They can go to Amazon.com. They can um, you know, Google it. I'm sure it's in many good bookstores across Canada as well. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything else you want to mention before we end our discussion today? Well, I just want to say this one more time. Not everybody can be a foster parent, but everybody can help a child in crisis in some way, and with thousands and thousands of kids in foster care across the U.S., across Canada, um, the mission field is right here, and this is the time for people of faith to step up and walk into this new mission field. Yeah, maybe not always the easiest path, but definitely a rewarding one. And even though you may not feel the call to be a foster parent, there are still so many ways to help out. I love it. A big thanks to Dr. John DeGarmo for joining us this morning and telling us about his latest book, The Church and Foster Care. We'll talk to you again on Connections.